Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Well, hey, uh, you guys, we are in for a treat tonight. We have a couple of Patriot powerhouses from our friends up north from Canada. And uh, they have faced like real persecution. Like a lot of us think persecution is like when someone like defriends you or unfriends you from Facebook or something like that. They've actually faced real persecution for standing up for righteousness, for standing up for the, for the church, for standing up for freedom. And um, we're just so blessed to have you guys with us. Uh, Pastor Marjana, Marjina, good? And Nathaniel Pavlosky from Canada, Calgary, and um, their father and husband, uh, Pastor Arturo, Arturo, Arturo. Um, you guys may have seen his videos go viral and may have heard of him up in, uh, up in Canada when all the pandemic started and all the persecution started. So we're gonna, we're gonna um, roll a video and then we're gonna invite up our friends from Canada and have a nice little discussion. So check this out. Pastor Arter Paulowski, you may remember the name. He went viral in the early days of COVID up in Canada for shooing away some health authorities and calling them Nazis. Get out of this property immediately. A policeman in a supposedly civilized country busting into an Easter service and attempting to close it down. The holiest Christian festival in a year and they're coming to intimidate Christians. I grew up under communist dictatorship behind the Iron Curtain under the boot of the Soviets. It was like a black, uh, you know, flashback when those police officers showed up at my church. Everything kind of came back. So, as per the injunction that was served on uh, Arthur here and uh, David back here. I was told I am under arrest on two warrants for my arrest. One for officiating a church service in June and another one for not wearing a mask. This is not communist China. Don't you guys have family and kids? Uh, so I was on a speaking tour for four months. I decided to come back and of course, I landed in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, only to be greeted by masked gangsters because I can't even say they're officers of the law. Look what they're doing to me. If you will not rise up and come to our help, uh, you're next. See, that's what's happening when you're living in China now. Hey, don't resist! Don't no, he's not resisting! He's a criminal! Bastard! You know what his charges were? You call that crime! Uh, but I did what every shepherd right now on the planet Earth should be doing. Fend off the wolves. We as lions should never bow before the hyenas, and that's what they are right now.
How good is that? Can we welcome Margina and Nathaniel, the Lions from Canada, as they come? Come on, can we honor these guys for standing up against tyranny, against communism, against real persecution? Thank you guys for being here. Thank, Thank you. you for standing up. Thank you for being here. You may be seated. You may be seated. Wow, that was a powerful video. Powerful, powerful video. Um, let me just read one, one scripture before we, before we kick this off. This is what the Bible says in Matthew 5, verse 10 to 12. It says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And I feel like that passage of scripture is actually what's happening right now uh, and what you guys have faced face-to-face -face up in Canada. And so we're just so privileged to have you in San Diego. Um, as you may have noticed, we are a house of lions and patriots as well. Um, but, but we have been inspired by your story. And I remember seeing some of those clips um, on the news and just going, wow, it's like really happening up there. And if it can happen there, it can happen here. So we better stand up and wake up or it's coming for us next. And so just like that video said, so we want to just kick this off. And I want you guys to tell us a little bit about your story because you're not from Canada. You moved to Canada to get away from Poland, I believe. So can you tell us how that happened and why? Uh, my son was born in Canada. Of course, you can tell by my accent that uh, uh, that uh, me and my husband, we moved from Poland to Canada to free country. And we attempt to keep that way. Uh, because we emigrated from communist, uh, communist country, how many of you are emigrated here? Maybe you know what I'm talking about. You can smell and see from far when it's coming. Uh, unfortunately, Canadians didn't, and and that's why that's why our message for very very long time was uh, towards church, rise up, rise up, rise up, yeah. and was not very popular uh, message. My husband was rejected by by uh, churchianity and 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 pastors. And they would say, why you always criticize pastors? We were not criticizing pastors. We were challenging them. And they didn't like uh, that. And right now, uh, I don't want to be the one that would say, I told you so. Wow. So how soon was it when you got to Canada? Did you start to see signs of communism like what you just left from? Uh, very early, when we when we really stood on the foundation of the Lord, uh, we were not even pastors. We were att attending at that time a Polish church, and one day our our bishop overseeing our our denomination would come and would say, from now on, and that was 25 years ago, from now on you are not allowed to speak about homosexuality, abortion, and divorce because, because we can lose charitable status as an as a organization. And pastors cave in. And that's why, that's why you see what you see. 
uh, we were on a leash for so long, that's why so easily right now they put the muzzle on our face because we were on a leash. And wow. and we we saw this. We saw this 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 nonsense. And and let me tell you now I hope church would lose charitable status. Uh, Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, had an attempt to take uh, the charitable status from the church, uh, but uh, unfortunately, and I would say again on the record, unfortunately, uh, too many, uh, too many organizations like Salvation Army and and shelters sounds good. They were saying, no way, don't you ever touch and food banks. Sounds good, but this is why church is on a leash, because we still have too much to lose. Too much to lose. Well, the signs were shown long ago. What the video didn't show is that my dad was arrested first in 2006, long before COVID, long before any of this, for publicly reading the Bible in a park. So he was reading the Bible in a park to, I don't know, six people, and the officer says, the Bible is offensive. You're not allowed to give free goods and services in the city of Calgary. And I am the law, therefore you are under arrest. This was 2006. From 2006 to 2016, in that 10 year span, he was arrested 10 times for reading the Bible, feeding the poor, giving prayer and preaching. 10 times. This is free Canada. We're not talking about North Korea. We're not talking about China. This isn't Saudi Arabia. This is Canada. Canada. And what I like about Americans is they realize that if you do this to one of us, you do this to all of us. So you can't let this fly in Canada. And, and since COVID, six arrests. Six arrests for keeping his church open, inciting people to come to church, right? Not inciting violence, inciting people to come to church. Uh, officiating a church service, uh, mischief for giving a church service, um, for participating in an illegal gathering, church, and for attending a peaceful protest, which was illegal at the time because uh, COVID measures, and for giving a sermon to the truckers. So you saw that trucker convoy? He went down there, gave a sermon to them, gave them hope, and that was the latest arrest where you spent 50 days, almost all of which was in solitary confinement for giving a sermon to the truckers. You can't let this happen. Because if you send a message to the world, if America sends a message to the world that you can tolerate this happening outside of your country, then you send a message to your own government that you're gonna allow it to happen here. So I would encourage you to put pressure on Canada and not let this happen because you have to send a message to your own government and to other governments that this is unacceptable. This uh, kind of treatment of Christians is unacceptable. Wow. 10 arrests for preaching the gospel. For 16 total. 16 total for feeding the poor. All the things the Bible says to do, this guy's getting arrested for um, because people, there's an antichrist spirit that hates the gospel and that hates God. And honestly, if it can happen there, it can happen here. Here's the thing. I don't know about you, but I feel responsible as an American to not allow that to happen around the world, to not allow that to happen to Canada. 
That's why we have to have a voice in this time. That's why I'm so grateful for Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, who also immigrated to America. And sometimes it takes an immigrant to tell us how awesome we have it or how free our country is and how blessed we are. So we cannot let that go. And I remember hearing years ago when they started saying Canadian pastors are getting arrested and threatened for preaching against homosexuality and, and, and really not even against it, just what the Bible says. And so they, you know, they... Uh, they weaponize the Bible against, you know, Christians and against pastors. And I remember hearing that if that happens there, that it can happen here. And then it started to happen here. We've had people arrested, uh, pastors arrested for uh, maybe not doing that little of things, but definitely doing things that aren't, um, that aren't, you know, requiring of arrest, arresting them. And so I'm just, uh, I'm inspired right now just hearing that story right there. So walk us through what happened uh, on the video. You had church during the pandemic on Easter. So walk us through kind of that day and what happened. So I, I drive my dad to church in the morning. We set up. Um, we have prayer in the morning, right? The prayer groups, the worship starts set up. So I went with my dad in the morning, just normal day. And... You know, I'm setting up the sound stuff, doing something, and I look over and I'm like, there's a person in a mask, which is weird in our church. That's like, it's not normal. So I like look twice and I'm like, oh, that's cops, that's health inspectors, not good. Dad, 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 come here. You know, run over. He grabs his camera quickly and you saw the video. That's what just the righteous anger. My dad's not an angry person. Um, I, often, I often get asked like, you know, is your dad like that all the time? Like, is he that angry and that aggressive? No, he's not. He's a teddy bear. But that righteous anger just came out in that moment. And he's like, he's seeing his childhood come before his eyes where he witnessed this. He, he witnessed the oppression of the Soviets back in Poland, uh, the abuse of power, the police officers only operating with bribery and corruption. So he saw these flashbacks and just this righteous anger came out and he, you know, said what he said. And we thought nothing of it. You know, we're just like, what? I, I honestly thought nothing of it. I was like, that's just a normal dad thing to do. He, he does that all the time. He does not the first kind of time. Not the first, not the first time he's done that. But it was, there was something significant about that day. It was Easter. Um, just the day before, there was an Easter service in the UK, and the priest allowed the police officers to come in and shut down church. And that went viral the day before. And then contrast that with what my dad did, you know, all these things just sort of culminating and it went viral. Somehow this video, it was just, it was the perfect time to show people how, how to resist. This is what every pastor is supposed to do. Um, I, I met Don Jr. the other day and I said, I just want to thank you so much for, for standing for freedom. And he said, you're, and I told him who I was, that my dad's that pastor. He's like, I want to thank we should be thanking your dad because if every pastor took a stand like this, we wouldn't be in this mess. And that's the truth. So my dad was just did what everyone had in their mind. This is what we're, we're tired of this. It was what a year into it and people were starting to realize, okay, this is a sham. This is not about health anymore. This is about tyranny. This is about ushering in communism in Canada and around the world. So it was just the perfect, it was just perfect timing. But that video embarrassed the Canadian government and our, our provincial government specifically to a point of like hatred. Like they were like, we have to retaliate. The government's like, we can't let this stand. So a week later, two weeks later, 
he was given a court order to like a kind of like a cease and desist would be the equivalent. He has to stop doing service. This judge said service is illegal, it's contrary to the health mandates, and you're liable to arrest. My dad didn't comply, and you saw the arrest on the highway. And since then, six arrests for related issues. Wow, wow. Wow, that is, that is incredible. How many people are thankful that we have a constitution in America that provides With freedom of religion? Um, I know you guys have, to talk about it. What do, you, what do you want to say about that? With that. Tell me. We have a constitution. Yeah. Our government doesn't care. Poland had, has Poland had a constitution when they were invaded by the Nazis and the communists. The truth is the government doesn't care about your piece of paper. You have to care about your piece of paper. And if you don't, they're not going to respect it. I think you hit it on the head. We have to care about it because they don't care about it. They want power. They want... Uh, you know, the Great Reset, just which I heard. It's just a piece of paper, really. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, it's just a piece of paper. Yeah. But it has meaning when the people give it meaning. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. That's why we have to stand up. I can remember um, sitting back in our, in our green room during the, the pandemic, right at the beginning, and we had the health officials come into our church. And I was sitting there with Rick Young, um, and the guy from the county came in and he was telling us all the different requirements that we had to do to keep church open or to have church. Social distancing, hand sanitizers, masks, outside, inside, um, you know, 30% or 25% of the people that could fit in the building, in the building, and all those kinds of things. And I remember walking out of, the, out of the green room, of course we were like, this guy's crazy, you know, whatever. But we were contemplating like, hey, how do we work with the county and stay in a favorable position so that we could have church without, you know, we didn't know at that time that um, they were a lot of bark, no bite. And so, but I remember walking out of the green room and hearing the Holy Spirit say, don't give them an inch. Because as soon as you agree to one thing, they're going to make you do all of these other things. And that's been their goal from the very beginning, their agenda. Just get one shot. Oh, no, now I need a booster. Nope, now I need another booster. Now I need a mandate now. And so, um, that, that's what he's talking about. We need to make sure that we stand up for our, for our freedom and our rights right now uh, and not let anything, not let, let anything stand. So, um, Nathaniel, uh, one more question for you, um, because we do have a lot of our high schoolers here, a lot of our young people, and you're 22, just graduated or about to graduate from university. How has it been being in university, maybe even in high school before that? How have you reacted? How have you been able to stand up? Not easy. <laughs> In short, um, very, I go to a very liberal university. Um, there was five of us that took a stand when every single student was mandated to take the jab or risk your, uh, lose your education or put it on hold for who knows how long. And I said, you know, I'm in my last year. I have one semester left. Like, just let me finish my degree. Nope, you have to take the jab. So I said, fine, I'll lose it then, but I'm gonna unleash hell on this university for doing that to me. Or heaven, I should say heaven. So. She just said, do you know who my dad is? <laughs> I actually, I, I, did play, I did play that card. Um, so yeah, I, I, I staged the first protest against the mandates on our university campus. It's kind of sad. Not many, too, not, not too many students participated in that. 
there was about 50 people though, so that was pretty good for 20,000 student university. And I still, I, I, could, I wasn't allowed to continue my education despite what, everything I was doing, signs, posters, uh, petitions, all this, it wasn't working, so. But there was a, a religious exemption opportunity, so everyone applied that didn't want to get it, and everyone was denied. So I went to the president and I said, um, you're, you're denying my human rights, you're denying my religious uh, freedom, my religious rights, and I'm gonna sue you. <laughs> it was a bluff, I don't have money to sue him. <laughs> but I said, I'm gonna sue you. And he was like, I encourage you taking legal action if you feel like your human rights are being violated uh, against the university. I said, no, 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 you're not understanding me. I'm, yeah. you, yeah. you. Yeah. And he lost his mind. Yeah. Like, he was like, you can't threaten uh, a faculty member. I said, I'm not threatening you. I'm, doing, I'm legally allowed to take legal action if I feel like my human rights are being violated. So I'm gonna, take, I'm gonna take a civil suit and I'm gonna sue you. And he was like, you know what, let's sit down and go over this religious <laughs> exemption. <laughs> Pressure works. <laughs> But my general university experience has been rough. Um, I, I wanted to keep my head down. I was like, okay, this is a very liberal university. We're being taught garbage. Like socialism's good, communism's good, except Marxism, all this leftist nonsense. I was like, I can't, I can't learn this. So I'm just gonna keep my head down and just pretend to be a liberal, do all the assignments and just finish my degree. But after my second year, I had enough and I was like, I can't do this. So every time they gave me a liberal assignment, I'd completely flip it and do something to tick them off. <laughs> and, you know, some of the professors respected my stance and some of them gave me bad grades, but I was like, whatever, I, I'd prefer to do this than to pretend, to pretend to accept this lie and then somehow, you know, when you pretend to lie, you're gonna start internalizing it. And I didn't wanna risk that. So I started to be more vocal and that's, kind of my message to you young people is you have to be vocal because there's no such thing as subjective truth. There's only objective truth. There's no such thing as my truth, your truth. There's only the truth. There's only reality. So if you don't stand for that reality, then the lie wins. So you have to, you have to speak the truth or else the lie is going to take, take over. So, and that's, that's the problem with young people. We're not speaking out, we're not being vocal because yeah, you're gonna be the only one. And that sucks. I hated being the only one speaking. I, I was the only one to take a dang sign and a, and, a, and a table, change my mind, vaccine mandates, bad, with an X through it. <laughs> and I went on campus with my speaker and one other friend just for security so I don't get punched in the face by some crazies and to record everything so that they don't accuse me of anything. And I put a little change my mind table like Steven Crowder style and it was, it's not easy, it's hard. It's really hard to be the only one to stick out, but if we don't start fighting for truth, the lie wins. So just wanna encourage you to stand out. People that change the world don't fit in. People that change the world take a stand. People that change the world follow the call of God on their life and, and things happen. Um, thank you for what you're doing, man. You're an inspiration to, to a lot of people to, um, especially our younger generation. Um, but Margina, I wanna ask you, when you guys started to take the stand, especially recently and in some of the videos that we've seen, 
How did not only your church family react and respond, but how about the other churches in the area and the other churches in Canada? Have you guys received a lot of support? Have you found yourself kind of on your own? Like, what would you say has been the reaction, the response? So let's start from our church. Our church is remnant. So they, 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 they stood up and uh, they were protesting in, in, in they, they, they did whatever they could. They were protesting for almost 50 days in front of jail. Uh, we, church was going on. We are three times a week on the streets having regular church with, uh, with worship, gospel, food. That requires work. Uh, and this is, I'm running that. Uh, two, two trucks of, of food just doesn't appear from the sky. Somebody has to pack, unpack, freezer, fridges. That's, that's on me. And they were really, really supporting me in that. Uh, if I would show up, they would say, what are you doing here? Just go home. And, and part of me didn't want it to, to, to load everything on them. But the truth of the matter is I was so helpful that, um, uh, thankful that, uh, that they, would, uh, they would let me just, 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 just be. I wanted to just uh, go home and, and, and spend time <laughs> uh, in my bedroom. Uh, uh, so it's, it, it, was, it was hard. Uh, I decided to focus on remnant uh, because other, otherwise everything, everything looked from the, from the, in the eyes of the Lord, we were, we were majority. And this is the, the way we should look at it. But let me tell you this, if they would arrest Imam in such a manner that they arrested my husband, it would be revolution. They wouldn't dare because there would be next day, next hour, 100,000 people in front of that jail. So we were maybe 300, sometimes 100, sometimes 50, depends of the day. So thank you, Lord, for that. Some of the pastors never, never called even my husband. Uh, even the pastors that were arrested never called my husband because they're from different denominations. Uh, so we, are, uh, we, are, we try not to focus on that. Let me pull the, uh, put that way. Yes, I think that's my answer. Have you found that since this has happened that you've had more pastors and more churches supporting you now that you guys have kind of taken the brunt of the punishment and the brunt of the arrows? I think all, so. I think so, yeah. All the fake ones shut down. Yeah. <laughs> so you know who's who. You know, those people that are going back to the churches that shut down for two years, they're saying those pastors are have lost authority. They're not... You can say they're not... How can you preach about... We're going to lay hands on the sick. We can do miracles, but not with COVID, right? Have faith, but wear a mask in six feet, right? It's, it contradicts the Bible. Um, you know, obey uh, Acts chapter 4 and 5, who shall we obey, God or government? We must obey God over government, chapter 5. That contradicts what they did. So you can't go back to those churches anymore. So the churches that did take a stand are growing. They at least doubled, and I'm noticing that everywhere. Everyone, every pastor that took a stand is growing because, yeah. 
I know that's happened here. I'm so glad that, that your congregation rallied and was in front of the jails and stuff. I remember when we were getting cease and desist letters here and threats and you're going to be arrested and all that kind of stuff. We would tell our kids, you know, hey, we might have to go to jail. Like we're at some point, you either have to believe God and believe what you're called to or not. And so that's what's so inspiring about you guys. But I remember thinking to myself, man, if they put me in jail, I'm going to have about 2,000 emerged men at the freaking jail cell. We're going, to be, we're going to be shaking that jail cell out of here. So, um, but uh, it's, good to have, it's good to have a team of lions behind you. Um, but, uh, okay, one other question that I'm just interested in. I heard you mention things like uh, Antifa coming after you guys and all these different kinds of threats and, um, you know, death threats and everything. Was there, like, one specific event where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening, or we're going to die, or? I never had fear to the point where I'm scared for my life, but there were alarming circumstances. Like, for example, uh, Antifa set our garage on fire. So someone saw someone push. uh, We have like a blue bin, but recycling bin full of cardboard, and they lit it on fire and placed it right against our garage, lit the garage on fire. At midnight. Yeah. I, I was in the shower, and I look outside the window, and there's, like, lights and stuff. I'm like, oh, they're coming for my dad again. <laughs> oh, nope, our house is on fire. So uh, that was scary, but at this point, um, I have faith that nothing's going to harm us. Nothing could, We've had our... Um, Tires unscrewed, slash tires, vandalisms on the car, our house spray painted, like all sorts of stuff. But my dad calls them chihuahuas. And you just, you know, with a chihuahua, you just kind of like flick it off. <laughs> they're, not even, they're not even hyenas, right? My dad says we have to, we have to stand up against the hyenas. Antifa's not even a hyena. It's a chihuahua. And you just kind of flick it off. They're just bullies that need to be punched back. That's it. Um, how has, how has, I mean, you guys have obviously extraordinary courage, um, as a family. How did that come? Like, was there a, uh, an encounter with God that you had? Is there just such a strong call that you know you're called to this? Like, how, how has God sustained you and given you courage in this time? You know, you don't wake up one day and, and you say, I'm going to do all those things and I'm going to stand against government. No, it starts with your neighbor. It starts, uh, I think, when, when we had, uh, we were building houses a long time ago. Uh, and we were doing quite, quite well. Uh, then we decided to be poor preachers. <laughs> but at that time, we had a brand new truck. And we are talking about uh, 20 years ago, you wouldn't see big letters of Jesus on a car. Somewhere uh, you need the magnify glasses with the fish. That was 20 years ago. And, and uh, this is longer testimony. You can, you, can, you can check when you Google us. But God, he was born with derphomatic hernia. So that means uh, that he shouldn't live and he's alive. Uh, all his bowels went to, to his chest, pushed his, pushed his lungs, pushed the heart on opposite uh, side. 
And uh, we were not prepared because ultrasound didn't show that that happened after seven months. So what happens when you have this muscle, uh, suddenly, with no reason, uh, the muscle was ruptured and all his bowels went here and all that. So it's called diaphragmatic hernia. If some doctors or nurses hear that, you know that not many children have, uh, have survived. If they do, uh, they have pretty serious conditions. He has none. And, yes, that was the miracle. We, we've been told, we've been told that he's going, if he's going to survive, if he's going to survive, he had, uh, he's going to have all those kind of problems and a lots of operations. And I have to prepare myself that all his life he's going to have this condition and that condition and one lung and and uh, enlarged heart and all, uh, who knows what. And, and God, uh, he had one operation when they put everything back and doctors would, would show us x-rays when in, in couple hours, they, the uh, lung is like a sponge and, and the reports, I have this, many, this much reports in my house, it said they couldn't find the trace of his lung. And, 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 and it was so somewhere, nothing. And, and they could see the x-ray when every hour this lung is bigger and bigger and bigger. And it came to, to, his, to his regular size. And they said, we didn't touch the heart. So the heart was still here. And the heart went to opposite, to, 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 you know, to the right place by itself. Uh, so when something like this happens, uh, you know, every, every, you are broken and there is, and there is, we, we, we will not admit that, but somewhere we are shame of our faith. Uh, but when something radical like this happens, there is everything in you, it's burned out. You are just, you, you, you have no shame. And, and uh, my husband would tell this testimony everywhere. And in the eyes of men, we, we became radical, but this is the way we're supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that was back then, and that, this is what happened, and this is where, where, where we were actually born. <laughs> and we put on our track, uh, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that was the beginning. And we lost so many uh, contracts and be, uh, they, they would say, oh, this is not serious. Why you would put the, this on your, on your business car? And one step at the time, one step at the time, one step at the time, then we came, uh, we went to, to the park to, to preach to the homeless and, and all that. And, and it was one mountain at the time. <laughs> And here we are today, but it's journey, journey of 22 years old. So start locally, start with your neighbor, yes. and you start, you know, with your school, your classmates, this, and then that trains you up to do more. You want to preach to the nations. It's it sounds wonderful, but preach in a corner of your city when the teachers of your son sees you. Yeah. Ah, it's a different story. It's a different story. It's nice to go to the mission trip because nobody knows you. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. 
So good. Well, um, we're going to wrap up here in a little bit, but I, one more question for you guys, and that is, what is the climate or the environment like right now in Canada? I mean, how uh, you were mentioning some things backstage with soldiers and that sort of thing. Like, how close are we to this communist regime taking over? Our government's is very open about what they're doing. Yours is a little more secretive, sneaky. Ours tells us what they're doing, and Canadians are so stupid and so... <laughs> so docile that they just accept it. So they tell us, Great Reset is coming, Agenda 2030, you're gonna own nothing, you're gonna be happy, communism good, uh, capitalism bad, uh, we're gonna replace your main source of beef, or uh, main source of protein from beef to bugs. So worms, crickets, and our government tells us this openly, Agenda 2030, and they, if you Google Agenda 2030, you can read it, and it tells you exactly what they're planning. And they say this is globally, your government's not admitting it yet as much, but ours is, and that's what they're planning. And this stems a lot from China and the WEF, but China is training troops in Canada. So we, Albertans, where I live, they see Chinese fighter jets and Chinese uh, training in the mountains. So when the government of Canada was asked, why are Chinese troops in Canada, they either didn't answer or they said, because they're training for cold conditions. It's like, they have the Himalayas, go there. Like, why are they in Canada? So you know they're lying. But if an assault comes for America, it'll come from Canada, from China. So, so basically what we wanted to say, Canadians have wonderful people. But, but uh, government's not we, have, we have strong testimony, and I, I know the uh, time is running out. We have a testimony, stand up, and you will prevail. Uh, 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 God will make you stronger in the valleys, in a fire. And, and this is how, how you go from glory to glory. All those, all those Christian cliches, you know, we're going to glory, from glory to glory. But how do you go from glory to glory? Yeah. Through prosecution. Through the prosecution, all those years, I would say, uh, I, would, I would look at those, those, those big uh, Canadian churches and... And they would preach revival, and, and I, I would always say that revival doesn't come through red carpets. Yeah. Revival comes through ashes, through persecution. And, and the reason why we are here, yes, we have strong testimony, stand up. But, but also from, from security point of view, watch what is happening in Canada. And we are here to say we need to be unified more than ever more than ever, whatever to do one of, uh, to one of us, whatever uh, they do to one of the pastors, we should all shout and say, don't you dare touch us. But, but let me tell you, watch what is happening to, uh, in Canada from security point of view. It's bad in Canada, in short, it's, it's bad. Right? They usually give us our summer because we have like two months of summer, so they have to give us our summer, Canadians will revolt. So they, you, know, you have to let off a, a, the dog off the leash for a little bit or it'll bite you. So they give us our summer and then every fall they shut us down, mandates, all that. And that's what they're doing. They already told us, come the fall, we gotta be prepared for another wave. And, uh, lockdowns and no more churches, stuff like that. So they tell us exactly what they're doing and nobody stands up. And that's the problem. Canada is bad right now. But if the churches stand up, if the Christians stand up, we wouldn't be in this mess. So that's a simple message. Stand up. So it's not over. We just need Christians to stand up. Is that what you guys would say? 
what we are saying is, uh, is there is hope because there is a remnant. Because there is remnant. And what I wanted to uh, tell you that I have a faith in a church. I have faith in a remnant. I have faith in young people. Uh, yes, we have to pay close, uh, close, close attention what is happening in a, in a, at schools, at universities. But my advice is finish your uh, education because somebody has to form new government. We need teachers that are going to be godly teachers, doctors, and so forth. Brilliant. Can we give it up for the Pavlovskis? Thank you. I know we're not giving up as a church. We're not giving up on San Diego and the United States. We're not giving up on Canada. We're not giving up on you guys. We're going to be praying for you guys. I'm already getting text messages. How can we pray for you? How can we pray for you? And we are going to pray for you. But before we do, would you mind praying for us? These guys have Absolutely. courage. They've been through things. They've, they've um, overcome things that we've never had to face. And, and we're going to need courage coming up. But what a time to be alive. What a time to be the remnant and to join forces and to unite with people like them and churches like them. So can you do us the honor of praying for us? So today I wanted to pray for a woman, for a man as well, but for a woman that when the time of testing comes, you're going to stand up and, 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 you're, going to, and you're going to cover your husband in prayer and God is going to give you courage, courage to to say, honey, whatever happens, we will prevail. I will be there for you. So I pray for every woman and I pray for supernatural wisdom and courage and boldness beyond, beyond our own understanding. In the name of Jesus Christ, I, I, I pray and I bless you with that understanding that God loves your kids more than you. And he's going to take care of them. Not by, not by pretending that, that there is not a problem. In the name of Jesus Christ, give us, Lord, supernatural courage in this last hour and double anointing. And I bless every mother here in this room in the name of Jesus Christ. And for every man, from every man, give them boldness, boldness boldness in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to pray for the young people. Father God, I ask for boldness. I ask for courage for these young people, for this young generation. They, they're facing so much. They're facing odds that nobody has ever felt, faced in history. You know, there's a saying, don't feel sorry for raising dragon slayers in a time where there are dragons. And I want to add to that quote, don't feel sorry for being a dragon slayer in a time when there are dragons. Lord, I pray that you will raise up a generation of dragon slayers, that you will embolden them, give them courage, give them faith, fill them with your Holy Spirit, fill them with your power to stand up for the truth. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Well, we want to pray for them. We want to pray for them. Um, right after we pray for them, I want to give you guys an opportunity to sow in to them and to give towards them, to bless their family, to, to bless what they're doing, to continue to give them energy, to, to keep speaking out, because they are going on a little, a little tour. And when they get back to Canada, I mean, there's a chance they could be arrested as they arrive. Um, We're most likely gonna fa face a big fine. If, if they arrest us, that means that would be new definition of stupidity on Wikipedia. <laughs> so they're going to deny, so tell all the things you have to deny when you land. Uh, so there's a tracking app you have to download before you come into your own country. So there's a, Trudeau's making you, it's called Arrive Can. And you have to download this app and it tracks you and you have to report where you're going to be quarantining for, for 14 days, where you live, what you, all your information. Uh, super unconstitutional. But that's what you have to do. And you have to do a COVID test, provide proof of vaccination, 14-day quarantine. Obviously, we're going to deny all of that. And I think the fine is somewhere between $15,000 and some other crazy number. Nobody has been convicted of of these ridiculous fines, so we're not at all afraid of that. Um, we'll welcome it, but that's what we're facing. Thank God for you guys for standing up. Come on, let's stretch out our hands towards these beautiful people. Father, we just thank you for the Pavlovskis. God, we thank you that you have called them for such a time as this. God, that you have raised up lions in Canada to lead the churches, to lead other pastors, to inspire people to stand up for freedom, to stand up for what is right, to stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ, to stand for truth. And Father, I just thank you for this powerful family. Lord, we ask for angels to be released on their behalf, Father, that you would send angels to, to, to war on their behalf, to minister to them, to inspire them, to strengthen them as they continue on this journey. And Father, we pray, Lord, for young people all over Canada, Father, that they would rise. God, that those that have been brainwashed would wake up in Jesus' name, that Nathaniel would be a leading voice, the Charlie Kirk of Canada, that's what we're calling him. That's what we're calling him. That he would begin to wake up this next generation, Father. And Lord, that they would begin to listen. Father, we just say, Canada, open your eyes in Jesus' name. Young people, open your eyes in Jesus' name. Devil, we tear down your false, wicked agenda in Jesus' name. We declare communism falls apart. We declare this agenda, Trudeau, your agenda falls apart. And we, and we declare right now your reign, Trudeau, falls apart in Jesus' name. Father, we pray you would take him out, that you would take him out of leadership. Father, you would raise up new leaders of righteousness, new leaders, Father, that, that, that stand and battle for truth, that aren't afraid of the gospel. 
Father, we thank you that you are raising a new generation in Canada, that you are raising a new generation in the United States of America. Father, that we would unite against this reset, against this regime in Jesus' name. And devil, we forbid you to, any, to do any further damage to Canada, to the people of Canada, to the Canadians, the beautiful people that Jesus Christ gave his life for in Canada. Father, we thank you that you are doing, even, if, even though we can't maybe see it, you are doing something that you have reserved a remnant to stand and fight. And Father, we thank you for being alive during this time and during this season. We will not stay silent. We will not back down. We will not turn our back. We will not bow to hyenas because we are lions. We are lions. They are lions. So, Father, we thank you. Do a miracle in Canada. Do a miracle in the United States. Father, start a fire that can't be burned out. A fire of Christians standing up, God. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray. We pray for people like Donald Trump to come into office and begin to move things and shake things and bring things back to how you want them, Lord. So, Father, we thank you for a great awakening led by this incredible family. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.